Women Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Linda Crater celebrate the thoughts and opinions of magnetic, spirited, and influential women. Each week, bold, brilliant women spark vigorous conversations on the complexities of life, love, and happiness. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater. Hello, ladies, and welcome to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. I'm Linda Crater, and I will be your host today. Sandra Beck has taken the day off to be a mom, and I'm so proud of her for doing that. Today, our roundtable topic is Adult Mean Girls, and these dynamic women join us for this discussion. Cynthia Rowland from Oklahoma, Lou Paget from Los Angeles, and Tosombra Kimes from Missouri. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. I'm so excited about this topic with adult mean girls. I find this topic absolutely fascinating, but it still baffles me when I realize that I was just scorched by someone. But mean girls do exist in our lives as adults, and it's that sly, whispery look at a party. Uh, You've all seen it. The exclusion from meetings or events where you were previously included. And at work, it can be the work that you shared that's suddenly the focus of attention, but it's without attribution. We may think we're too old for this covert or overt behavior, but apparently not. And my conclusion is that when school is let out, the mean girls are let out into the wild. So I am very excited to talk with these dynamic women who will discuss their experiences with adult mean girls. And Lou, I'd love to start with you. Have you ever been at the receiving end from an adult mean girl? Uh, no question. <laughs> no, what, what's interesting for me is that I didn't ever have, or maybe I was just completely oblivious when I was growing up. Because I wasn't part of a specific clique or group. I sort of was, my twin sister and I went to a number of different schools and we were sort of like on the periphery. We would be friends with people, but it wasn't important to us to be, you know, included in specific groups. Mm-hmm. And, but what I found when I got into my careers, that there were times when because I didn't fit in, I was an easy target. Mm. And when I was selling job lot paper, meaning I was selling tons of these huge rolls of paper and I couldn't sell them based on what they were named as. So I was selling in a mainly male market, but the women that I worked with, because they were mainly administrative, they were not happy with me. And then when I worked at 20th Century Fox, because I was building my business, my lecturing business, seminars, and then writing, the women that I worked with, um, two of them, well, one in particular was she just had it out for me. Mm-hmm. And I, it was, to me, so surprising. Right. What was interesting for me is that I I. I had it more from the omniscient standpoint of observing that this is what was happening. Mm-hmm. And the important thing for, I think, anyone to know about this is this is like playing a tennis game and you don't have to be on the court, you know? They, right. can, they, can, they can play with a ball machine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I look at it, is that this is coming from them and you don't have to react to it You can be, as I say, more the observer. Now, 
I, when I got into the area of sexuality and I was writing my, my books, which I have five books and blah, blah, blah. And they're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. There were, a, there were a number of women in the field I'm in who were not happy to see me coming at all. And I was, again, there's a part of me that I think I have a protective layer called I'm oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good safety coping mechanism. Well, you know, like, it's just kind of like, it didn't matter to me, but it really mattered to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that when we look at this, we have to realize it's, again, it's happening on their side of the court. They can play with the ball machine. You don't have to play with them. You're you know, so we, right about that. Exactly. Go ahead, Ty. So, uh, of course, my name is Tassamber, but I do go by Ty, so it's perfectly fine to call me that, ladies. It's a lot easier to pronounce anyhow. I can't share all the stories where... You talk about mean girls and <laughs> mean everybody when it comes to pronouncing my name. Um, but my experience, you know, as I can relate to you, Lou, with, with having, you have a twin. I have four sisters. So mm-hmm. with all of my sisters growing up, we were always kind of together and I always kind of had that friend. Even now, um, if something's going on, I can always go back to them. So I know they're, they, they usually are the meanest, but in love, you know, we're, we're honest <laughs> and loving <laughs> with each other. Um, being military, my experience was moving here to Missouri. And I was invited to a party. And I went to, the bir- to, the, to a birthday party. The mom who invited me, her husband is a doctor. Now, my husband is an engineer, two different completely fields. But I, I go to the party and... Of course, they're all the, the spouses of doctors. So all these doctors' wives are in there. And, you know, the mom, who's my friend, she's doing all the mingling and everything. And, of course, so I'm kind of left. I don't know anyone in there. So I'm going around trying to, you know, make friends, make conversation. <laughs> and I approach one lady and I reach out to her. I said, hi, you know, I'm, I'm Thai. And she looked at me and rolled her eyes, looked me up and down and just turned her head and walked over to her friends. And I was just like, okay, well, time for a glass of wine. And, uh, (laughs) you know, we're going to roll with it. So, I mean, you know, luckily I have very few experiences with Mean Girls as an adult. But, I mean, oh, my gosh, that was probably, like, by far the worst, even, I think, over growing up. It was, it was hard to kind of overcome that, but you know, mm. they're out there, you know, <laughs> if I can just like for one second, sure. Here's the thing that happens that I see being in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, all that area. One of the things that I've seen is that some of the worst behaved people are not the celebrities, but they're the people who are on the periphery of the celebrities, the children, yeah, exactly. And they are the people who behave badly. And I've watched, I have a friend of mine who was on, you know, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I, I mean, I, I can't watch it. It's just like, it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. I mean, and, and I know what these producers do. They, what are they going to do? They're going to have a show where people sit around and go, hey, you know what? I support you. No, they have to have, yeah, the, the, you have the drama. You know, the, yeah, you've got exactly. the drama. It's you know, contrast and conflict. And then they have to have people, you know you know, behaving badly. It's like all these shows where they have people, they isolate them, they fill them with a lot of alcohol. Well, what do you think is going to happen? People go nuts. And then people <laughs> the go like, this, oh my God, 
Yes. That's the real world. It's not. The real world has some of these people in it, but I think we have to be aware that we can observe them, but it, it isn't that you have to like respond back. It's and just if you don't often, right. I mean, the social media stuff, I mean, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay, we'll get okay. into that in the next segment because <laughs> right. I, I think that's a whole back? topic unto itself. Exactly. I know. So Cynthia, have you ever been at the receiving end? I certainly have, and I didn't like it one bit, okay? <laughs> and the receiving, I mean, when I had this happen to me, two mean girls in my life, I can point to them specifically, and both of them were my closest friends, Ouch. which really just stabs you in the heart because you realize that something is going on in their lives that makes them mean. Mm -hmm. Am I a mean girl? Not really. So I have a pretty tender heart, and I know that after 25 years plus in business, you have the steely attitude, but we learned, somehow I've learned to temper it pretty well so that I don't come off as a mean girl. But when your best friends do something that is mean and just out of character for them, you know that something is off in their life. And being in the beauty business, I'm around some pretty catty women sometimes, but I just don't want to buy into that because personally, I want people to like me. I want people to hear what I have to say and say, you know, she is a great person. She is a nice person, though I don't ever really want to be lumped as a mean girl. So I'm learning. I'm on a path. Yeah. You know, this brings up the obvious point. This is Linda. Have any of you been the mean girls? No. Nope. Me neither. I'd, I'd nope. like to say that I that I haven't, but I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm so oblivious to what's kind of going on. I, I mean, I, I don't think that I, I would, but maybe I did and didn't know it, you know, because I get so focused in on like doing certain things or, I mean, usually if I host a party, I make sure everyone is included. Right. You know, I do a lot of uh, business meetings and a lot of talks and I try and make sure that everybody feels, you know, really good. If I walk into a, a room, I act as if, you know, I'm kind of the host, which is why I approach that lady like, okay, I'm not just going to sit up here in the corner and, and, you know, you're not going to put Ty in a corner. I'm not going to just sit up there. Nobody I'm puts act baby like the in the corner. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I go and I, I introduce myself, but I don't know. I really hope that, you know, that I could, I could honestly say no and no a hundred percent, but I don't know. I mean, well, I'm going to jump in and Cynthia again, and I'm going to say I can be a mean girl when I have to deal with men who <laughs> want to take advantage of situations. And that's when I grow up here, seriously. But that so makes I'm sense. Probably, I'm well, probably, that makes sense. That's, yeah. that's, but that's men. That's not being to other women. And I think in many ways, dynamic women have to be strong anyway. It's part of what makes us who we are. That's how we succeed in business and in personal lives, etc. So I think some of these uh, observations, as Lou put it, um, not engaging, as both Cynthia and Ty said, it's important because these people do exist. So you have to learn to cope with the situation. But boy, oh boy, it is not a pleasant experience. We've all had it. And I think we tend to avoid those people after a time. At least that's the 
I, I have a period of non-engagement. And I also give it a reality test because sometimes I've given someone two chances to do that to me just to test whether it was real. So mm-hmm. at any rate, I we are going to go into the a short break. And at the um, beginning of the next segment, let's talk about does motive really matter when these people are mean girls does it really matter at all so we will be back with cynthia Rowland, lou paget and tosombra kimes after these short messages you're listening to dynamic women we're dynamic women talk radio and we'll return after these short messages It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. The goal for each of us is to be active. Every day, I encourage you to get up and get moving. Put your body in motion and watch your mood change in a positive way. Your outlook on life improve, your energy increase, and many more affirmative things happen to you. Remember that you don't need to be an athlete in order to be fit. I hear that excuse quite a bit. Some people think that since they're not athletic, they can't be fit. Nothing could be further from the truth. It does not take athleticism to walk on a treadmill or outside. You don't have to be an athlete to swim laps in a pool or to take a yoga class. I'm not athletic, yet I am fit. So don't let your excuse for not being active be because you're not an athlete. No matter what your coordination level, you can be fit. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. Before the break, we mentioned we're going to be talking about does motive matter? And in my opinion, motive, if someone is going to be an adult mean girl doesn't really matter. I may have given them one or two chances to try and rectify. Maybe it was just a bad day and I misinterpreted. But but when there are hurt feelings, angry emails, stony faces, those wonderful air kisses with someone that just you want to repel from, no, to me, motive does not matter at all. But I'm interested in what you think. Cynthia, why don't you go first this time? Okay, well, motive matters to me, okay, because um, with my experience that I had recently with one of my friends uh, who accused me of stealing a pair of her shoes, I wear a size 8, she wears a size 6, we just happened to buy identical shoes, and um, the motive behind that, I think, was total jealousy, Mm. and just... Maybe she was just out of her element. She didn't feel comfortable. She was having a bad day. Maybe she had a fight with her boyfriend. I don't know. But motive, you have to kind of look behind all of that. But here's the deal. Bottom line, I have a forgiving heart. Mm -hmm. And so I try to believe that if something was said in out of total context of this person's normal behavior, that I need to just step up to the plate and be very forgiving. You don't have to like it. You don't have to talk to them again, but you have to be forgiving. So motive does matter to me. Okay. Okay. 
<clears throat> if I may jump in, this is Lou. Please do. The motive is not, the motive is on their part. And if one does it from the observer standpoint, it many times it's because they want to keep you at a certain level. They don't want you to be outside of who they are or where they are. And that's when you will see when someone has a terrific job opportunity or something else. And what do they call it? You know, uh, uh, Freud, where yes. you're happy when someone, you know, fails. But if you look at research that's been done from an anthropological standpoint, I mean, Luanne Brzezendine looks at what happens with girls who want to, they always want to be like together in a group and, and they will do whatever they can do to remain in a group while in adolescence. Well, for some women, they never grow out of that. Those are the same women who hang out with their friends from high school, do the same thing with their sorority sisters. And for them, that being shunned is like a really, that's a tough, tough thing to deal with. Yet, if, you know, if you ever saw the movie Bad Moms, it's classic. Oh, yes. And finally, at the, you know, the character played by Mila Kunis, she stands up and she says, yeah, I am a bad mom. And so all of those things where people are throwing the barbs at, she, she owns it and she says, yeah, I'm fine with it. And that's who I am. None of us are perfect. Yet, I mean, and, you know, I'm sure I, people have felt like, oh, my God, she said this or did this or I was unaware that I may have hurt someone's feelings because I'm not in their head or their heart. Right. Mm -hmm. But I am. My interest is in I want to help people. I want to do the best that I can do. Um, I mean, I will say if someone says something that I think is astonishingly stupid, I will point that out to them. <laughs> I think most of us will. Right. Yeah, I have no problem yes. doing so. That to me is not mean. That to me is like, hello, reality check. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. What I want is, and, and if I see someone who is being mean, I have, uh, for me, it's like a red flag when someone's bullying someone. I will step in. I, I will not let that go on in front of me. Mm -hmm. Because that for me, we have a responsibility to be, you know, we're all one. That's what people, I think, find so astonishing. We are all one. Get it. You know, live with it. Be part of it. And, you know, there's times when people have said things about what I have done, and they have no idea what I'm thinking or doing. But that's, you know, there we go. There we go. Ty? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I agree. I agree with you, Lou, as far as, you know, people want to keep you on a certain level. Because to me, I feel like they, you know, they, they just have this error. They just think they're better. You know, like the, the lady who, you know, doctor spouses, she probably looked at me like I've never seen her before, you know, her husband's not a doctor. She's not worth my time, you know, but I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's important to pay attention to it for, I guess, a certain aspect. I mean, really, I just kind of ignore it. When people are mean or being that way, I'm just like, ah, get your life together, you know, and I just focus on me, you know, try and find some joy. But, uh, you know, I also agree, you know, with you, Cynthia, when you were talking about forgiveness being important, it is really, you know, important, you know, to forgive. But it's also you know, important just for me. I just look for the good in people. 
you know, and sometimes I can automatically see like, oh God, you know, they, they may be pretty on the outside, but oh my gosh, you know, are they hideous on the inside? Um, but, you know, to me, it's just a matter of you being confident and you being just happy and just joyful. And we don't have to be catty. We don't have to be, you know, rude and obnoxious. As long as you're, you're happy with yourself, I think you won't be that mean girl, you know, and I, I love the whole honest aspect. Um, but you know, it's, it's important. I mean, I grew up, I, I mentioned before that my sisters were kind of, they can kind of be mean girls. It's not that we were mean girls and the fact that we excluded anyone um, because we were very kind of inclusive, but at the same time, we're just honest. Like, and like my older sister by far, you know, she's just completely, you know, blunt about everything. No sugar cutting. She's just going to tell you like it is. And sometimes that can be, you know, it might be like, ouch, that that's a painful truth. But at the same time, it's it's beautiful to hear it. It's like sharpening. You know what I mean? I, I need to hear it. But <laughs> is this your older sister? Yes, my older sister. Now, don't don't get me twisted. I have three younger sisters. And OK, well, because I'm the oldest of four daughters, I can speak to that because <laughs> yes. we kind of raised you girls or, you know, our <laughs> that's exactly what my sister would say. <laughs> yes. And the other day, my sister said, I said, it's time for dinner. She goes, why do we always have to do what you want to do? And I went, I'm the oldest. So. So there. Yeah. So there, there, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. I've got a comment about what Lou said about shunning, because <laughs> I think that was one of the most I had in college I was literally shunned for a period of time and I thought it was so incredibly cruel and I, I went to a, a woman's college and the dining hall was all done family style mm -hmm. and during this time period I had evidently ticked off this extraordinarily wealthy girl and I, I came from a small town in Maryland and you know I hadn't gone to private school and I had no idea what I had done to this girl, but she decided with her clique of girls that I was bad. So I literally would bring my filled plate from the buffet table over to the table where we ate, and everyone get would get up en masse, and it was horrifying. Mm. But thankfully, that has never happened in adult Mean Girls, and... And yet I can tell you, the Amish have something. If you, if you really want to punish people, yeah. that shunning thing is very powerful. So I'm grateful that adult mean girls don't usually have the ability to shun you as a group like that situation was. But boy, oh boy, they can stab you in the back while they smile at you. And it, it doesn't take long before you can see them coming. And right. I'm one of those people who are an empath, so I can feel it physically when someone is that way. And boy, do I pay attention to my instincts and my intuition now. And that really helps. Do you find that you can see the mean girls coming these days and you're less likely to be attacked by them, Lou? Um, you know, I because I do so much stuff by myself, I'm a bit of a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. What I will say is, you know, going back to the girl who's the wealthy girl, might I point out she didn't make the money, her family did. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is that when you start to observe this behavior and you see people 
it's like if I, I tell people because I, you know, work in the area of sexuality and relationships, if you want to get divorced, hang out with divorced people. Um, if you want to have a good relationship, yeah. hang out with people who have good relationships. I got to tell you, the law of attraction really works here. But when for me, I, you know, the intuition thing, we all have it. And if you stay out of your, I have to know the answer and we have what is known as the, you know, we have another physical, like a, an energetic body outside of our actual physical bodies. And that hears and feels things way before your brain gets it. Right. And heart brain, which is your intuitive body, your heart brain, he, your heart brain gets an impact before it hits your brain before it hits your body, before it hits your consciousness. And if you pay it, if you just are centered in that, you'll go like this, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't take much, at which point you go like this, mm, been to that, I've been to that barbecue before, not uh -huh. <laughs> and you move out of it. And anytime, and you can see people's behaviors before they start. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, I, you know, the person that, you know, was doing the documentary with you, Ty, he's right. pretty pissed off at me right now because of something. And I tried to explain it to him. He would not listen. He would not listen. Oh, no. And it was something that, so the mean things happen. I, I don't think it's a gender specific thing either. Mm. I think we can also <clears throat> say that people will be really, um, when they're threatened, they will go after somebody when their egos are, you know, someone does something. That's what all that nonsense of, you know, the so-called reality shows are based on. Right. It's, it's someone coming up with, let's have, let's have an impact. Oh, for heaven's sakes, get over your bad self. <laughs> yes. And, you know, to me, I think it's important just to be attentive, you know, um, you know, to pay attention to that, to have a spirit of learning and to you always wonder kind of like, what's your story? I think that's what's kind of helping me most of the time when I'm, you know, out and about and making new friends or just in my circle of, of friends. I, I always try and think, OK, what's going on with you? You know, what is your story? And then it helps me focus on them. And I'm not so concern with, you know, with my own thoughts and, and what, what I have going on. And it's just, it, it helps me be better because everyone has a story to tell. And sometimes Many it's a matter of, you know, I, you know, we, we all have, have stories to tell some, we don't want to tell, you know, some we'd rather just, you know, keep that book closed, but you know, everyone definitely has a story to tell. I love it. And it, you're absolutely right. And we're coming up on our another break, but I think that one of the things I'd love to talk about after the break is how the culture is promoting this bad behavior. You know, come watch the train wreck of these behaviors because it's, quote, interesting in the conflict that Lou mentioned earlier. So we're going to go on a very short break. You're listening to Dynamic Women with Cynthia Rowland, Lou Paget, and Tosombra Kimes. And we will have a short break and be back to talk about how culture promotes adult mean. and we'll return after these short messages.
cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids. His dogs love it, too. Last night, I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachibutophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back, and we're continuing our discussion on adult mean girls. And I'd love to take us into how our culture honestly promotes this bad behavior. And it's like watching a train wreck. And these Real Housewives shows um, are an example. But I want to give you a quote from Rosalind Wiseman, who was the author of Queen Bees and Wannabes, which is the book basis for the movie Mean Girls. And she says... In our culture, we get rewarded for mean girl behavior. So we see adults behaving in ways that we typically assign to teens. Getting attention is the most important thing. Cynthia, what do you think about that? Well, I think that you're probably on to something, this woman is, because what I, I've never watched a reality show like you described, the housewife shows. Yeah. I've never seen any of those. But what I feel that's happened is that we sometimes forget to be our best self. And when you see these, when you hear about these reality shows, I've never seen one, like I said, but I just know that there has to be a lot of backbiting and infighting that we may not even be privy to on the air. But I just feel that we could do better as a human race so that we don't give credence to these uh, different types of culture that promotes hate, anxiety, um, and, you know, angry feelings. I just, I don't know. I'm probably not the best one to speak of that because personally, I just don't see why there is an attraction to it. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> just, go ahead. Shall I jump in here? Yes, go ahead, Lou. Um, let's also look at something from, as human beings, 
we are more programmed to look for negative than for positive. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they talk about, you know, the saber-toothed tiger. I mean, I, I don't know how many people, I've never met anyone who's been eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, but they always use that <laughs> as an example. You know, I never have either. <laughs> yeah. Truly. Um, <laughs> the other thing, when we look at reality shows, what are reality shows truly about? They are about getting attention. And people will fight to get attention, whether it's positive or negative, throughout their lives. So you will see someone behaving badly, and they're still getting attention. That's the, the, that's the drug of choice. Mm-hmm. Now, with reality shows, again, I, I can't watch them. Mm-mm. But what I do see is that when people are angry and when people have outbursts and things, there's something obviously in them that's getting triggered, right? Mm-hmm. Well, invariably what in my life and what I've seen in relationships and seen in marriages and that whenever someone is tremendously angry, don't care you know what gender you are, I don't care if you're bi, straight, whatever it may be, there invariably is underneath that anger is tremendous pain and under that pain is sadness. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing that I think is totally, I'm kind of like, my little head turns to the side a little bit. The people who are often behind putting these reality shows together are angry gay males. Hello? What is going on there? That's interesting. That is interesting. Uh, It's kind of like, do an observe vous And it's kind of like, (laughs) hello? What? You just made that sound so good because anything (laughs) said in French always sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what, and you know, so... If we're looking at what is, if we talk about motivation, if we talk about why are, what is bringing this forward, we have a culture that has promoted people being unpleasant to one another. Mm-hmm. And then we have, I mean, this woman who did the body shaming of a woman in a club here in Los Angeles. <clears throat> and now Miss Little Goody Two-Shoes Playmate is trying to say, like, she's the victim. Wake up and have a coffee, honey. You <laughs> hid behind. If I can't unsee this, neither can you. She, I mean, she's now trying to act like, oh, people are coming after me. Yeah, people are not happy with you because you behaved badly. You did a bullying behavior. It was angry. It was I'm so much better than someone else. And this is a 70-year-old woman who really is, you know, in the privacy of a gym getting into a shower. Right. And that, for me, is a classic example, which, as a result of that woman doing it, what has happened is they, her taking the picture in the gym was unlawful. But her defending it was not. What has changed is there now a state bill saying being disseminating this type of electronic information is now going to become illegal. Which was brilliant. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely should be. Yeah. So anyways, next. Yeah. If I can jump in here, it's Ty. You know, Lou, when you were talking about the networks, you know, Mm -hmm. looking for drama and promoting that, I could totally relate because I was interviewed for a show. There was going to be a reality TV show about military spouses. This was before um, Oprah's network own had, had, had came out. They were looking for shows to put on. And so they contacted me um, and, 
you know, they were interviewing us and, and we had fun. I mean, we, we did days of, of interviewing and they come and they did some filming, but we just didn't have enough drama, you know, the military spouses around us. I mean, we were very supportive with each other and, and you're right, you know, I think they didn't do the show with us because there wasn't enough fighting, there wasn't enough bickering, there wasn't enough negative stuff. I mean, we were, we weren't what they were looking for. You know, and, you know, I hate when people always say to, oh, you know, I mean, because I run a business and most of my employees are, are all women uh, and it's just because of the nature of the business. And, you know, they, people, my husband will be like, oh gosh, you know, you and all that, all those women having around, but it's not a bad thing. You know, I mean, my sisters, you know, I grew up, we, we love each other. We can support each other. We don't have to be hateful. We don't have to be, you know, so angry, you know, with one another. I mean, yes, we're going to be honest with each other. We're going to sharpen one another, but it doesn't have to be the way that society cruel. is trying to, yeah, it doesn't have to be cruel. Society is trying to make it cruel and it doesn't have to be that. We need more joy. We need more happiness. We <laughs> need more supporting of one another. And, you know, I, I, I think we should have more of that. I wish they would promote well, more of that. Well, <laughs> I, I, I think, think that, I'm sorry, Lou, I'm yeah. just going to jump in. This is Linda. I was just going to say, I think that what's happening with these shows and the, uh, the social media posts and, and all of that is it's normalizing bad behavior. Mm. Yes. And that is a shame because that's just not something that we want to normalize. I do remember when the Simpsons came out and the cartoon figures were just not nice to each other. So this is long before the reality shows and I would not let my children watch them because I said, you, you've got to be kidding. Why yeah. would I let you watch people behaving badly toward each other in a family situation? Mm -hmm. So we're now to a point far from there where things are, are at shock value and it, it's really bad. So, Cynthia, I'd love your opinion on how we have become normalizing of this bad behavior. Well, my opinion is this. I think we've lost our moral compass. Mm. And we maybe have allowed these types of shows to infiltrate our love and kindness aspect, that soul portion that we so revere. And they don't, these people, I don't, I'm saying I've never watched one, so I don't know, but I just have a sense that they don't, they don't have, they don't come from a Oklahoma family, so to speak. Or <laughs> okay. In Western we values, thought, right. Yes, we have values and we stick to those values. And even when I was in Los Angeles for 25, 26 years, I felt like I was still the girl from Oklahoma who had the, you know, good sense and nice manners and tried to be loving and kind and show that to the world. Mm -hmm. And I see that in many instances throughout our entire culture that we have lost that moral compass that keeps us in check so that we are true to our nature. And it really bothers me when I hear that, you know, when I think about where do all these angry people come from and how do they all get together etc mm -hmm. well it where do they all come from exactly well I mean I the majority of people did not grow up in a family that told them to behave badly majority of people did grow up with a moral compass mm -hmm. and what I find being and it didn't matter you know in New York when I worked in advertising in New York 
there were people who were really helpful. There were people who weren't. Um, but people sort of like, they went past one another quickly. In Los Angeles, there is more of a, sort of like a subtext of behaving badly gets rewarded. As long as you have the connections and the ability to do something for people. What I know is that we will, you know, what I can tell you, I do know that this world is changing for the better. We are moving mm -hmm. to a point of taking care of people more, taking care of ourselves more, and taking care of this world. And for me, that makes me feel very, very thankful. And I'm grateful that that's happening. Me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. Ty? Yes, definitely. I, you know, I, I love teaching preschool kids. And at that age, you know, kids are just, they just, they want to do everything right. They're just soaking up like everything. And you're right. You know, parents are teaching them, you know, be kind to your friends, um, you know, share, you know, they're teaching all of these wonderful, good things that, that should be implemented. But then when you get to the, the older grades, <laughs> you know, kids, mm -hmm. they start losing that and, and parents start modeling something different to them. And I don't know what it is or why that, that has to happen. Not all parents, you know, not all parents, but I just, I wish that, you know, that in middle school or, or even like fifth grade, that's when I really start noticing it, fourth grade, fifth grade, you know, where the kids start, you start seeing the little groups and the mean girls and things of that nature. But I, I really think that we should have more of the civility and more of the reverence towards one another. We need more of that um, and less mean girls and less promoting like that. And, and you're right. Growing up, I remember, you know, my older brother and, and my older sister, they used to um, kind of get fights in all the time. And so my parents were constantly giving them attention, not because they were they were bad. But at the same time, I wanted to get into a fight, too, just so I could have that attention. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, because I wanted that attention, but I but I didn't, you know, it, it's just it wasn't the right kind of attention. And I think it's important to get the right kind. We should promote that. There we go. We have another short break and we'll be right back after these very short messages. Listening to Dynamic Women Talk Radio. We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio and we'll return after these short messages. Day has been celebrated in different ways around the world. In Italy, one tradition suggests that the first man a single woman sees on Valentine's Day was the man she would eventually marry. What's a word for the first person you see after you leave the house in the morning? A qual tag. In South Africa, some women pin the name of their love interest on their shirt sleeves, following an ancient Roman tradition known as Lupercalia. This is how South African men learn of their secret admirers. In America, it is widely believed that if women don't receive a gift of candy, flowers, or a card from their guy on Valentine's Day, he's probably going to get dumped. This is usually the cause for a charrette or an 11th hour effort by men to buy their woman a Valentine's gift. 
Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Just as you need to give your car gasoline or diesel to fuel it, you need to give your body the right kind of fuel also. I am often asked, should I eat before I work out? The answer is yes. Cooper Aerobics Center recommends that you eat oatmeal or another hot cereal, a plain English muffin, toast or mini bagel, low-fat or fat-free regular or Greek yogurt, a fruit smoothie, or a snack bar before you work out. Eating a piece of fruit is a fabulous choice because it is low-calorie, packed with vitamins and minerals, and carbohydrates are the optimal fuel source to consume before a workout. Your body requires carbohydrates, and they are absorbed very quickly. Eating an apple or banana on your way to the gym is a good idea and will fuel your body for the workout ahead. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Well, back, and we were talking on the break, and sometimes I wish you could all hear the breaks because they're just as meaty as our rest of our discussion, I think. We were talking about how there is this culture of the bad behavior, and the word I like to use is malevolence. Because we all remember, even in the early Disney films, you know, the cartoons, the evil characters, they're the most interesting one. And think about it. There is a a villain in almost every one of the movies that we see as children or even as adults. So malevolence has staying power. And we all remember them. So, Cynthia, talk about malevolence and why does it have such staying power? Well, I guess because people are attracted to evilness. Mm -hmm. That could be one thing. Mm -hmm. And attraction comes, I think, because there could be a lack of joy in that person's life. Just if you're going to be evil, why? And so when I think about someone who is um, a mean girl and how, how can we help them how can we bring them into another dimension how do we get them to choose joy over not so joyful and how do we get them over their disappointments that make them act the way i'm just thinking of the two girls that i had interactions with you just you have to love people through their problems Mm -hmm. and i think that um we need to maybe reset our internal um, listening and refocusing our listening on what they're saying and how we can help them. That's my thing. How do you manage them? How do you get them to come around to be a better person? Prayer. Wow, Cynthia, you are much kinder than I am. I remove myself from the situations <laughs> where I know someone is cruel and I hold them at arm's length carefully. Lou, what do you think? Okay, if I'm looking at malevolence, I think we also, I think it is a synonym for it would be conflict. And when we look at people, you know, putting together a storyline, I used to work at 20th Century Fox in the feature story department. So they look for something that will create, you know, a, a plus and a minus. Now, even if you look at the most recent Beauty and the Beast. Well, the most malevolent character in that is um, Gaston, uh, what's his Gaston, who is mm-hmm. just a raging asshole. 
And even the guy, even the guy who plays him says he is the most ugly character in the entire movie because he has such ill intent. Right. Now, mm-hmm. when we also, you know, I think that if we go back one second and, and Cynthia, I agree, you know, you can have a conversation with someone or you can send something to, you know, have the intention of changing things. But sometimes I grew up in a household where I had, I actually have, there's four girls in my family uh, as well. I have an older sister, younger sister, identical twin sister. So I have every variety of sister and um, gay, straight, you know, the whole thing. And one time my younger sister was always very angry with me. And it wasn't until my older sister pointed something out to me and I was shocked because I had no awareness. And I think this is something we have to really pay attention to. Sometimes we don't even have a clue why Mm -hmm. someone's angry. And what my older sister said to me is, do you realize what it's like to be a fat person waking up in a household with a skinny person? And I was like, what? And she said, you have no idea. She said, every morning she wakes up and what she sees is you thin and she's fat. And if she had sucker punched me, it couldn't have been more shocking to me. And it was, you know, those times they show in a film where things go like this and it sorts itself out. All of a sudden it was like that all of the times when my younger sister had been so angry and horrible to me and she got me in more trouble with my mother lying, doing things. And I never knew why all of a sudden, it made she wouldn't even have me in her wedding party and the reason she said my twin sister was but she said i'm not having you in my wedding party because you always got all the attention and i and i was like wow and when my older sister told me that everything made sense Mm. so i think when we look at people when Again, I talked about anger, pain, and sadness. I think if you look there, when you look at what is underneath it, you'll see something that will bring a form of humanity. Very true. You know, to me, I think mean looks fun. I think for people. I think it looks it looks fun. It looks it looks appealing. But when mm. you really look at it, I think mean is only fun for the people who are mean, <laughs> you but know, do you really think that really they fun. feel it's fun? <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's fun for them. I think it's like, a I think it's, up yeah, it just eats them on the inside. Talk about acid. Oh yeah. Well, we yeah. learned in the unity tra- training that there are only two emotions in our lives, mm. fear and love. Right. Mm-hmm. So you see these mean girls acting out and being so uh, socially unacceptable I think that we're not looking at love, that we're looking at fear. Yes, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. I never heard that before. So that is, that is definitely something to ponder and and it's, you can see it, you know? Um, Wow. That's good. I I was a Sunday school teacher for 15 years. And so I saw lots of kids grow up throughout that 15 years. And um, I learned a lot from them. And I think that's probably given me, kind of a, an inside track on 
how people act and react to different situations. Well, isn't isn't the one say you know the book? I learned everything I needed to know in uh, kindergarten. kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's very true. We learn the values, and invariably, when someone is loves someone, they come from those values. When someone is mm-hmm. scared and fearful, they come from different values. Mm-hmm. When very threat. True. You know, and I I agree with you. And I think that the the fears mask an insecurity um, and and those things, people feel cornered or they feel threatened in some way and they lash out and they're not their best selves. And that's, that's why I think the malevolence may look okay or appealing. I find that interesting, Ty, because to me, I think those people are probably pretty miserable. And I know that if I've ever been sharp with my children or, or with another person because it was just a bad set of circumstances, not, not a mean girl, but just a bad right. set of circumstances, I felt terribly guilty, awful. And I would, right. you know, just implore them to forgive me because that wasn't the values that Lou was just talking about. Right. And it, it was just me being you know, off and, and an immediate apology was necessary. So it, again, it, if you act true to your values, um, I think that you're in a good place. It's those who get caught in that fearful corner that make it difficult. So Cynthia, as you were working with those children, how did you set them up to be positive and work from love, not fear? Well, when you take the unity training and you learn what the values of unity are, it's all about love. Mm-hmm. So, and and helping them discover their pathway to joy is one thing that um, I was able to, I think, instill in most of them. Because with little children, you don't want them to be damaged. And I mean, there's a lot of damage that goes on in inner city children because I taught inner city Little children, mostly girls who never knew their father and lived with their grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, they had a you know a lot of misconception about love and life. But one thing we would do when they were they would act out sometimes. We would we would just stop and hold hands and say a prayer to get everybody centered again, so that they would move into joy, out of fear, and into love. Right. Well. One of the things that we're seeing now, rather than having kids be in detention or, you know, some form of punishment, the thing that happens if there's, you know, some acting out in a school, what they now have is after school programs of meditation. Really? Yeah. Yes, it's completely mm-hmm. transformed these schools to the point where, and these kids are there, they go inside of themselves They are told that they are powerful for themselves. They are told they have the ability to be in control. And many times we do not get those messages. And children are sponges. You watch them. Have you ever watched Mm -hmm. the interview? And you hear them and it's almost like you can see the button being pushed and the parents going blah, 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 blah. And this kid is repeating (laughs) what the parents just said because it's nonsensical that a child would say these things. Mm -hmm. Right. But what if a child is told you are special and you are important and you have the ability to have, you know, the sovereign you know, nature of your body, of your mind, they download it. And that's what these meditation things do. 
at, you know, after school for these kids. It has changed the entire environment of these schools. I love that. I, I, I love the fact that they're implementing those things to help them focus on inward, you know, beautification, if you will. Um, you know, I, I really quick, there's a, a story I want to share. Um, my friend, I have a friend of mine, she has different parenting styles, but one thing she had told her daughter was that you are better than, you know, this other girl. And I told her, I said, what Whoa. a harsh thing and how, how terrible you know, of a life that you're preparing for her to think that she's got to compare herself now to everybody. And I told her, you know, what I teach my daughter and what I'm going to teach her daughter when she's around me is that, you know, you are no better than anybody else and nobody's better than you. And it is all about, you know, growing and being beautiful, you know, on the inside, because then you don't have to be a mean girl. Then you can be loving and be on that love side, right? Well, and we are all one. That's what people have to Yes. I love that. Ladies, thank you so much for sharing your opinions on this adult mean girl topic. And hopefully we have shed some light for others on that they're not alone and how to better deal and why it happens. But thank you to Cynthia Rowland, Lou Paget, and to Sombra Kimes. If you'd like this show and want to hear more, go to dynamicwomentalkradio.com. We're on every week, and we love to have you join us. Thank you so much again, ladies. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. You're so very welcome. Have a great week, and we are so glad that you joined us today. Thank you for tuning in today to Dynamic Women Talk Radio and join us each week. You can find more shows on dynamicwomentalkradio.com.